Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast, the podcast about the backpacking experience. You can check us out online at wtepodcast.com. I'm Justin Castle calling in from Saratoga Springs, New York. And I'm Mike Margulies calling in today from my favorite place, Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> um, and this episode is being brought to you by audible.com. Um, you can get yourself a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at our link, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Um, listeners of this show, a book you might be interested in would be Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you, but you'll probably like books like The 4-Hour Workweek. There's plenty of uh, you know, books that you would find interesting, a whole uh, oh God, tons of them out there. There's bird watching. Um, I just looked that up. There's a bird watching book. <laughs> You can learn how to bird watch by listening to an audiobook while you're in your car or on your tuk tuk. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, yeah, so you can get yourself a nice audiobook, support the show. Uh, check them out, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Um, and so uh, our guest today is Chris Baki. He's in Khan Ken, Thailand. Uh, I guess not too far from me. Um, and so, Chris, you are, um, you are the force behind oneweirdglobe.com. And your blog and uh, is focusing mainly on kind of the weird offbeat destinations more so than the you know the standard beaten path. Is there's even even when you're backpacking, I guess there's a beaten path. So you so you go and take it a step further, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, I remember when I first started getting off the beaten path, people were like, "Well, what what is there to see? What is there to do?" And the big question everyone has is, "Well, what? Why? Why do you go off the beaten path?" You know, right. there's this fairly clear way of going places and I wanted to get off of it. It's like you're <laughs> right. going down the highway and you go, hey, there's this little dirt track here. I've never been down that path. And so you go, what's down there? Ah. And so there, on one level, there's there, there's like the curiosity. What do you, what, what is it? What, what can you find down that way? Right. On another level, it's also, hey, this is uh, the first time a, a person's been down this path in a while. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of this exotic... Uh, possibility to it um, and a lot more often than not I found that the more often you can get off the tourist track uh, the more interesting the more authentic your experience ends up being ah, gotcha. yeah yeah definitely because there's you know it's it is even when you're backpacking in general you are going off of what most people would call the beaten path but just even within that community there is a backpacker trail you know right. exactly right, as you go through like Southeast the, Asia like well, I remember when uh, when the Lonely Planet first came out, they had the, the the traveling through Southeast Asia. They had this whole backpacking trail that they had laid out that right. the hippies had figured out. Mm-hmm. Now that's forty years ago, and they actually right. they actually re released that book recently, uh, describing the path that they took and the prices from the era, and it was really awesome to kind of reread it. Uh, I wasn't around for the first one. But um, to see to see how this tour or this path that had already been kind of forged, you know, decades ago, uh, it's a reminder that sometimes it's very easy to fall into the same path that everyone else goes on, right. because it's right. it's the easiest one to reach. It's, it's, it's the path of least resistance, yeah. right? That's, you know? that's a big part I, of it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was I, I, you know, I found myself the first time I was here in Chiang Mai when my visa expired. Um, you know, I was like, oh, well, what, what am I going to do? Uh, well, okay, I guess I'll take the slow boat to Laos. Next thing you know, I'm on, going to Long Prabang. Next thing you know, I'm going south of Vientiane. You know, and there's these there's a certain path. Yeah, I ended up on the backpacker trail, basically, <laughs> uh, which is good. I, it, it was um, I had a great time, met awesome people, but 
there is absolutely something awesome to say for when you go to like the more yeah off the beaten path. Yeah. No. Um, and so, and, and so it's and so it's clear. I've actually had a couple of people email me and and they ask, well, when you say off the beaten path, like how hard is that? How far? off of the beaten path do you have to go to feel like you're off the beaten path and it was a good it's a fair question because when I first uh, started I was going to places that I'd never heard of they're way 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 out the middle of nowhere mm, these right. are the sort of places where even the locals kind of go you went where? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how did you get there? and they gave it there was this sincere look of concern and they go well I just got on the bus and the bus came at you know 10.30 like the schedule said and, right. and, and we went we went and it was awesome uh, no but sometimes getting off the beaten path just means crossing the street Ah, okay. Um, one mm. of my favorite examples of this is in Bangkok. You've got this huge, grand palace. It's the most popular tourist destination of Thailand. Everybody, their mother and their auntie, come to this place. <laughs> you cross the street. There's an amulet market, and it's this. It, it runs a couple of blocks along the sidewalk, and for five or ten baht, about fifteen to thirty U.S. cents, you can buy a sandstone or a clay. Amulet, just a, a physical, you know, little pendant, you know, a couple inches by a couple inches. It's small. You could put it in a little plastic case and wear it for the spiritual power, or it could just be a nice, <laughs> cheap souvenir for your friends. Right. Um, it's um, it's the sort of place where if you're already in the area, cross the street, check it out. I gotcha. Yeah. So, so you the last time, the last time I went there, I was there for close to an hour just kind of getting pictures and getting to feel feel the place i never saw another foreigner yeah that's, and it begs the yeah. question like well, why aren't they going this is pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> so so i well it's kind of like this catch because uh, on the one hand you want to there's these places that people don't know off the beaten path they're like hey why don't people go here but then as soon as people start going there then all of a sudden it loses that appeal of being <laughs> off the beaten path <laughs> well it can you, it can yeah once you blaze and, that trail <laughs> It can, yeah. And there's there are some places that will always be off the beaten path for one reason or another. Sometimes it's the, the lack of English signage. Right. Sometimes mm. it's it's just difficult to get to or it takes a long time to get to. Um, in other cases, even with you know, my enormous huge reach, there's uh, <laughs> No one, you're not gonna hear about it until you're looking specifically for it. Right. Um, right. A lot you have of, to go out of your of, way to yeah. So, well, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. It's also a lot of destinations. A lot of times, end up being uh, one destination days. Okay. So you're going to spend your entire day getting to, enjoying, and getting back from a single place. Mm. So, so, and for the most intrepid tourists, that's that might not be the best use of their time. Right. So what? So what did? What was the angle behind? Like when you started doing this, did you say? You just started going to these these odd places and let, being like, I need to share this with people, or, or did it just come out of the, did it come out of the blue, or people started asking you about it? Well, when I first uh, moved to Korea, I moved to Korea in two thousand and eight to become an English teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, from the very beginning, I decided to make a point to visit one new place every week. So a new place or a festival or an event. Right. Just this is while you were teaching. Every week. Like every weekend well, you would go do something yeah, new. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, uh, teaching was the job that kept me legal in the country and paid the bills. <laughs> right. Um, 
But it, it, and to be fair, it wasn't particularly a passion. It was something I did for money that I ended up being mm. pretty good at. Um, yeah. But well, what's uh, nice Friday, is like I think about if, if all else fails, I always have that as a good fallback option. You know. Yeah, it's a fallback <laughs> teach option. English. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. So uh, Friday afternoon came, and I resolved to to get out of town. Um, so Korea is about the size of Indiana in the U.S. or okay. Portugal in Europe, South Korea, of course. And mm. so I spent two years, uh, most weekends, traveling somewhere new, some city, some new area, some province, and I began running out of places to see. Right. So if you can imagine spending weekends traveling all across Indiana uh-huh. or all across Portugal, you, it's a small country, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's not, it's not quite as big as Thailand or Russia or anything like that. So I began to get a little bit bored. Uh, I'd been to most of the mainstream sites and the palaces and temples, so right. I began looking for what's next. What else is there in this North town? North Korea. <laughs> you know that's that's still a frontier to uh, to, to to do. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I ended up doing uh, was hearing about places that were lesser traveled or 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 off the beaten path. And as you hear about one, inevitably you'll hear about others. You'll tell your friends about A, and right. they'll say, "Oh, have you been to B and C?" And I go, I mm. haven't heard of C. I've heard of B. I went there last week. Right. Uh, have you tried D? Ah, and they okay. go, that reminds me about E. And you can, yeah, yeah. You can repeat this ad nauseum. But, um, but yeah, getting off the beaten path uh, became the thing around 2010 uh, when it began specifically focusing on When you on ran out of places. ideas of places. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I ran out of places sweet, that, that, that were interesting to see. Um, I yeah. still go to the, the more mainstream sites just as a reference point and to kind of see what's interesting. Most of the time, a mainstream destination is a mainstream destination for a reason. It's got good signage. Right. It's easy to reach or it's it's reasonably easy to, to handle. Um there, there's something there we're seeing, or people wouldn't continue going. Right. Yeah, I think both spots have their things to do because you can. Yeah, you could go traveling and just see the mainstream stuff, and you you will lose some of that experience of that that being off the beaten path. But if you just go off the beaten path, well, yeah, you are missing something as well. There, yeah, like you said, there's reasons why these places are are visited. Yeah. You know, so that's. Yeah. You don't want to like not go to them. Just like, oh, that's so mainstream. I'm not going there. <laughs> just just for the sake of being. Uh, I want to yeah. be alternative. I want to be alternative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there, there's been a few people that are like, well, you, this is kind of a mainstream place. Why did you go there? You're one weird globe. And I'm like, well, I'm a traveler first and foremost. Right. right. Uh, every place that's weird is sometimes, well, on one level, it's, it can be difficult to get to places. On another level, frankly, I like going to mainstream places too. So yeah, uh, yeah. when I revamped the website last year i specifically made categories you've got mainstream weird super weird and super wtf weird <laughs> what's the okay what's the weirdest one <laughs> the weirdest place so far um has got to be the t- um oh, what's the way to say this it's the place where they keep the placenta and umbilical cords of a former korean king's kids oh what that's interesting. <laughs> that's exactly. Really, that's double. Exactly. That's WTF. Like or something. That's or yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so this. <laughs> so this. This goes back to. Um, 
This goes back hundreds of years. This is a Korean king. And uh, what he did was he kept the uh, umbilical cords and the placentas for his kids. This is King Sejong. This is arguably the most popular, famous Korean king. The modern-day Korean alphabet comes from him. So um, we're going back 400 years here. And so he's the king. He saved the uh, pieces from his 19 kids. And wow. he had them transported to this area in Yongsang uh, Namdo. Yongsang Bukdo, sorry. This is uh, southeast, or southeast South Korea. Yongsang Bukdo. And, and now there they sit. So they look like just jars inside wow. a fence. Huh. And... Um, I'll actually copy-paste this for you here. Yeah, um, we can put a... Is there a link we can uh, show people and absolutely. share on the... Uh, we'll share this on, you, the, on the post for the want, episode. Yeah, if you guys so want to see some... a museum of placentas placenta. and umbilical cords, essentially. Pretty much. It's an outdoor museum. And, and, and if, now, if you just the go there... placenta museum. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you just go there, it's going to look like a bunch of old jars and statues. You're not going to see what they're really used to see. And that's actually a pretty common theme with... with uh, off the beaten path sort of places. You have to, you have to polish uh, the lamp, so to speak. Okay. Uh. You have to, you have to kind of dig deeper because if you just show up at this place after taking the the half hour bus ride or taxi ride or whatever, you're gonna get there. You're gonna walk around because it's kind of fenced off, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see what look like some old jars, some old statues, and maybe a couple of signs, and you're gonna go, huh? Okay, right. that's. Yeah. Interesting. Why did we spend all this time and effort to get here? <laughs> and it's only when you look at the signs and you realize the fuller story. Right. And actually, one of the signs uh, details the the layers. It's like an onion. It's the layers of these pots and okay. the layers inside the statue where you can actually get to uh, the old school placenta. <laughs> <laughs> so for your wow. so for your readers and 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 the folks who are following you. Um, if you're if you're breaking down an itinerary for someone, um, I looked at a, a few. I didn't get deep into them. Uh, will you break down the history and the feeling and the and the, the the backstory for people visiting these WTF and everywhere in between sites? For the most part, yeah. Um, with uh, so I, I've published over a dozen itineraries and books, and they're all available on the site yeah. onewearglobe.com. And these yep. are kind of like when I was looking at them, they kind of are like Lonely Planet, but like off the beaten path version of Lonely exactly, Planet sort of thing. exactly. Yeah. So the, the books, the, the books are meant to be along the lines of a Lonely Planet guidebook. The itineraries are a bit more surgical. Um, you've mm. got three day itineraries and seven day itineraries. And they're meant to be hour-by-hour guides. So Mm -hmm. you can always work in your own places, but the idea is you can go from this place to this place, go from A to B to C, and it gives you the directions and how to get there and everything. Um, The design is such that you can't get a full blog post on the page, but you get the basics. You get the Cliff's Notes if you want. And if you want more, there's always a blog post around as well. Gotcha. Okay. And so... If if you're a backpacker and you see something on your website that says that catches your interest, you can go to the itineraries page and dive into a three day tour or a seven day tour that's off the beaten path in these different areas. 
And exactly. Gotcha. Now each now each itinerary ends up working out a little bit differently. Um, some of them have more mainstream places. Some of them have more off the beaten path places. If you look in the description, I've got a little uh, slider bar that shows you where it falls in the ranking. Yeah. So like like, like one extreme is, ex- is on a scale all of one to WTF. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's basically just more mainstream or or more offbeat. But you, but the, you'll see the slider in there to kind of tell you uh, where it falls. But um, yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to make it work for you. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm considering uh, re- revamping them a bit to make them kind of a, a choose your own destination sort of thing. <laughs> remember, like like remember when you were a kid? Did you ever read Goosebumps. the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books? Absolutely. Yeah, the Goosebumps Choose Your Adventure books. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or to go into the cave, kids. <laughs> to go into the cave, go to page thirty five. To go into the temple, go to page thirty six. You know. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Right. So like a, yeah, that'd be cool. So a, a travel book with that, I that's great. Yeah, from here you can go north. Uh, go to page three. Go south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to go to the placenta cave to the west? <laughs> go to page nine uh, for, for hobo Bob down the alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, Give the book away and just go see it, hobo Bob. <laughs> I wonder if that's been done before. That's a cool idea. Yeah, that is cool. Well, I think mm. I think he's doing it. I guess, right? Is that the next book? <laughs> That's so. Uh, it, it's it's actually something that I was I was uh, thinking about last night. Actually, um, I remember seeing the the Choose Your Own Adventure books. I loved those as right. a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite games on my iPad right now. Uh, it's it's called Eighty Days, and we're getting off topic, but it's called Eighty Days. Oh, that's that's fine. Good, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's based entirely around the world of Around the World in Eighty Days, the Jules Verne book. Ah. Mm. And so it's it's a text based choose your adventure with some really fun graphics. So you can choose your own path around the world mm-hmm. as as uh, the the characters from the book, which is really cool. Because uh, you can get there faster than 80 days, you know. I think my personal record right now is like 42 or something. Ah. Um, but um, but yeah, you you could choose whether you tra- whether you take the train into Istanbul or this right. this, uh, this crazy uh. steampunkish sort of thing. <laughs> this has like pictures of the places and stuff too. It is so a few. Kind of, like, it's, it, yeah, it's it's kind of an alternate universe sort of game as well. Uh, okay, so I hear you. if you, if you could imagine a mid 19th century. With uh, a lot of steampunk inventions, right, and a lot. More okay, women. so it takes place in the world of the book, like <laughs> Jules Verne. Yeah, kinda. exactly. Okay, yeah. I see. So oh, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. supposedly an adventure that involves the uh, the twenty thousand leagues under the sea uh, with Nemo. I haven't found that one yet. Okay. But, uh, so I've actually talked to the author of this uh, of this app, and she says, "Yeah, it's in there. You just have to uh, go to a certain area in the Indian Ocean, and there's a fair chance you'll find him." Ah, cool. ah, very cool. Like Easter and eggs like, oh, right. in the game. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a there's a ton of those, so it's it is quite possibly the best five bucks I've spent in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. That's very cool. I want I wanted to say that I I think that that's a very cool thing that if that that project that you're working on sounds really awesome. And I I don't I haven't traveled a, for the listeners out there. They know I haven't traveled that much, but. I haven't read a lot of traveling itinerary books, but if there's a book that says, you know, I'm sure there's something out there that says, if you're here for three hours, you know, then you say, here's, this is a half hour trip, this is an hour trip, this is a half hour trip, and you can mm-hmm. splice them all together, or go north, south, 
like Mike was saying, like that. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense for the un, you know, the unskillful traveler. Okay, I'm going to be spending three hours in this city in Korea. Okay, ready. Here's your options. Boom, 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 boom. Do you want to go see some placentas or do you want to go eat some food? Okay. Exactly. Do you want, do you, do you want to go see some placentas? And you probably want to do eat? one after the other because if you do it the other way around, it's just not going to work all that well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love. Wow, I never thought I'd be talking about a, a placenta on a on a podcast. Yeah, we never <laughs> know where the show's going to go. You it win, seems, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, you and so your again. your travel books now they mostly it seems that they're Southeast Asia primarily so you've got a few about Korea and then I'm looking now you've got um, a few in Thailand and also Laos um, so and this is being this is a you know a big destination uh, Asia for folks that are listeners who uh, say um, haven't been uh, on a big backpacking trip before and you need some, want something of a, a guide to sink things off this is probably a really good uh, resource for you to find these kind of things. Exactly. Yeah, we'll be um, after, we have another seven months or so in Thailand, and then we'll be moving on to Europe and eventually South America for a while. Cool. Nice. So hopefully, nice. We'll, get, hopefully we'll get more of the globe in the one weird globe. That's the, that's the plan at least. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, I agree. So it's funny because also, you know, my, my walking the earth, this podcast, this has been, my travels have been mostly in Southeast Asia and India so far, but at some point, yeah, it'll be, um, uh, other regions that I'll, well, the benefit of having guests though, is that we get people that have been other places as well. So right. I think we've covered exactly. a decent amount of the, of the globe of this weird globe, walks the much of this weird globe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, another thing, uh, for people who who have the opportunity, please go to to oneweirdglobe.com. There's a section. I, I Ben uh, Ben was the most recent um, guest, and he he spoke about his incident where he got jailed in Thailand. And you have a, a coinc- I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, um, but you Chris have a recent blog post that says how to avoid getting ripped off in Thailand. Um, <laughs> so yep. Uh, I, so have you been ripped off in Thailand? Let's Everyone ask gets ripped off in Thailand. Uh, okay. Amazingly, <laughs> amazingly, and surprisingly, not su- really. Not really. Not okay. really. Uh, now I've I've paid more for tuk tuks than I want. Okay, um, right. But, uh, but as as far as it, like in so this is this is a post I just published uh, today, September first, and it starts with a friend of mine uh, who blogged about how uh, her his girlfriend's bag got stolen while they were in the tuk-tuk. A motorcycle came up and pulled the bag right out of her hands. Oh, wow. Um, and wow. It's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty dramatic sort of story, and it's worth a read. It's, it's from a site called asiapundits.com, and um, it's published recently as well. But, um, yeah, coming to Bangkok... Honestly, it can be really ripe for disaster. It's the first trip you might take to Southeast Asia since it's sort mm. of the hub uh-huh. of the airlines. Yes. And you, kind sir, kind ma'am, you're loaded with all the tech and the cash that you've come with. You, you might have been told, well, you bring your cash. You don't have to stop at the ATMs because you get gouged every time you use them or whatever. Uh. Um, so 
for better for worse, Bangkok's had decades of experience of uh, of working with tourists and uh, relieving them of their money. So um, <laughs> that's a really the, the, eloquent way to put that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the tuk tuks are sort of a microcosm of that of that storm. Um, yeah. So in the post, I basically say rule number one: regard a Bangkok tuk tuk driver with the same caution you'd show a recently released felon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that sounds extreme, but some tuk-tuk drivers are actually released felons. So, there's Ah. that. Um, You've also got... uh, There's no nice way to put this. If you find a fair, non-overcharging tuk-tuk driver in Bangkok, I would like to shake his hand and get his autograph because I have never heard of one. I have never seen one. Now, the best case scenario is you get a price that is uh, posted in some regard. Uh Um, What happens more often than not is that if it's posted in English, it's going to be several times the price you'd pay if you were a Thai person in the same situation. Right. So there's no getting around the fact there's no getting around the fact you will pay more for a tuk tuk if you are a non-Thai. Right. There's no getting around that. With with a taxi, you've got a meter. With uh, the BTS, the MRT, Bangkok's two subway systems, you pay the same price as a Thai, no problem, no question. Uh, tuk-tuks are the, are the ones where right. there's no chance at getting the same price. So I, I wonder though, maybe if like um, if you speak Thai and you come even, off no, as, hey, I no. am like a local here now. Like no. obviously, you don't look Thai if you're a white person. No, but you, you have can... what you have. You have white skin. You pay the foreign price. Mm. I have met I have met locals that have been here for years. They call themselves locals. They're married to a Thai person. They have their Thai wife with them, and they will often be charged of the foreigner rate as well. They may have some luck if the Thai wife does some of the talking for them, but the calculation is usually, you're a white person, you pay more. Uh, right. And, and to some extent, it's... Yeah. Just like that, so... Well, that, that does happen, although, you know... I've kind of come to terms with this. I know that um, I'm walking, I'm here around Southeast Asia. I'm paying more than the locals pay for a lot of things. Um, but to some extent, I just kind of view that as this is just the, the price of admission. You know, <laughs> the fact that I get to come to Southeast Asia where, you know, even though I am paying more than the locals um, with the exchange rates you know, coming from U.S. dollars, uh, I still am paying a lot less money than I would say back home for any of these things. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm getting ripped off, yes. At the same time, though, Still living pretty well for what yeah, I would consider there, to be. Yeah, there is a perspective right? there. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of yeah, like both are true at the same time. And yeah, no one likes getting ripped off. But it's like, well, if I put it into perspective, it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. And also, if good. you were, if, if, if you as a Thai person were to go to, say, New York uh-huh. and right. try to get into a taxi right. where you didn't really know your destination, you didn't know exactly yeah. where you were or how to get there. You'd be be surprised if you actually got there safe and unripped off. Right. Right. So it, yeah. it's not you're, just you're a Thai right. thing. It's not just a Southeast Asia thing. You've been oh, ripped sure. it's off. It's a traveling thing. Yeah. In every country on earth, and I'm pretty sure yeah, there's if you some don't know what's going Antarctica. on. Yeah. yeah. When you're like a sure foreigner, it's sort of. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are some penguins in in, in Antarctica that will rip you off if if you're, if you're <laughs> careful. So. They're <laughs> So 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 it's clear. This is not just a Thai thing. You oh, can get definitely ripped off not. Everywhere you go, I got you can get yeah. ripped off in in Korea and Japan as well. It's just a matter of if you present yourself as a target, and there's someone looking to take advantage of you, you are an easy picking. 
Yeah. 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 I got definitely. you. Uh, so I, I'm another recent post you had and uh, you waved it past your camera, your broken arm. Um, how now I think one of the biggest fears that people have is getting hurt in a foreign country and not knowing what the hell to do now related to this whole, you know, ripping off, et cetera, tourist thing. How is the experience of being treated in, you know, medical facilities and being a foreigner? How did that, how did that go? Well, um, it went about as expected. I guess that's the that's the best way to put it. Um, I broke my arm after falling off my bike. I was coming home from a quiz night, and I <laughs> don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm biking along, and the next thing I know, I am flipped over my handlebars. Don't too many drinks. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. I, I had two beers. Uh, I had two beers. I was buzzed. I was not drunk. I was going down a road I've been down a hundred times. Um, I I got nothing. In fact, I went, <laughs> we walked. My wife and I walked past uh, a few days after I got out of the hospital. I'm looking for a pothole or you know some clear evidence that something happened because my bike is fine. I, I I'll I'm going to take a quick look at it later today, but it's fine. I can get on it today if I want. Right. There's nothing wrong with the bike. It's just my arm got broken, uh. um, and nothing else got broken too. My head's fine, all the other extremities, whatever. What? Um, but, um, but so, anyways, I got seen by uh, some kind locals who came over to wonder what the heck happened. Um, wow. They took me to the private hospital. I was literally looking at it. It's 500 meters away from where I fell off the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took me to the private hospital. I called my wife to say what was what happened. Um, the uh, we don't have insurance. We didn't haven't had insurance here, um, so the doctor arranged to get us taken to the public hospital. Um, so, basic rule or lesson number one: if you're coming to Thailand, you can basically assume a private hospital will be two or three times as expensive as the public hospital. Okay. And at the at the private hospitals, you'll have better English. You'll have um, a faster service in general. The doctors will will be able to communicate more clearly with you, um, but they're going to be more expensive. Okay. So right. uh, we ended up going to the public hospital, um, where I was basically the only foreigner around. Oh wow! Um, uh, doctors spoke enough English. Nurses spoke <laughs> some, um, but yeah, quite literally the only foreigner around. It can be kind of scary if yeah. you're not used to it. But um, I guess for better or for worse, um, you know, you, you deal. You deal, yeah, so, okay. Um, that, so I, yeah. I got the surgery. I got a couple of pieces of titanium Ooh. in my arm now. Oh. They, said, uh, they said I'm not going to set off the metal detectors, but I call BS. <laughs> uh, so um, so l- lesson number two is, is basically to ask questions and get answers. Um, if you're coming from... A Western setup where you're going to be told everything you might ever need to know and then some. Uh, it's going to be really different here. Um, I actually had to ask him. So, how many pieces of metal did you put in my arm? Right. Right. You know. They don't. It t- seems that seems the sort of thing they would have told you, but no, they didn't. Um, <laughs> so, like, well, we put we put two pieces in. It's it's like this and like this, and it's over here. And I'm like, awesome. Thank you. That's all I wanted <laughs> yeah. to know. Okay. <laughs> <You> know <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually had a recent um, 
went to uh, see a doctor recently as myself. I hurt my knee kind of hiking around. Um, but I would say I actually do like the way the, me the medical system runs here in the sense that, uh, you know, same day, I can go in and I don't have to make some kind of advanced appointment. I can generally get in, see the doctor that day, and uh, I, I have health insurance, but I'm out of network, uh, so everything I'm paying is out of pocket, but it kind of doesn't matter, because I went to this, see an orthopedic doctor and to, to see the doctor for the consultation and get a couple of different types of pills to help me with my knee. The whole thing was like under $100, and yeah. you know, without insurance covering any of it. And if, if I was in the US, that would have been probably what my copay would be. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So You're right. you know, there's there's some things I do tend, and I've I've had I was at this was actually at one of the private hospitals too. Um, so this was at this was on the the more expensive one. Uh, it mm -hmm. still was like affordable. So there are things that I do. Uh, I've had good experiences, I guess, for the most part when I've had to when I've gone to see doctors or whatever abroad. Right. Um, so that's, there's, there's that's good, good things as well. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the other thing to consider, if, if you happen to find yourself in a foreign country, and be it Thailand or Venezuela or anywhere else, uh, just remember that the nurses, they're working, they're trying. Um, you are the oddball in an oddball situation. Yeah. And um, more often than not, it's, it was a little irritating at times to hear the nurses giggling. <laughs> you know, these are 20, 30-something women just giggling. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going, please, can you just take your job seriously for just five minutes? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, they, they kind of have to... They, on one level, I'm, I am the foreigner, so therefore they, they giggle or whatever. Ah, I see. Fine, okay. whatever. Uh, on another level, the whole being around dead, dying, bl bloody, spitting up people all the time, I would probably want to try to inject some levity into that yeah, myself. Yeah, so, probably. Um, there's something to be said about trying to, to keep the mood uh, jovial, but right. uh, yeah, <laughs> it got a, it got a little annoying when I, when my arm is being cut open. They're 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 fixing the bones, and then the doctor starts giggling. I'm like, what oh, is going man. on here? <laughs> am I in a, Are you serious? Am I on right. Am I on a TV show right There's now? There's a camera in here somewhere, <laughs> and I'm gonna kill someone. But no, no, no. The, the doctors are this, it's it. the doctors are the same mood. They're trying to keep things jovial. Yeah. They're, right. There's there's some in joke that I'm not privy to because I don't oh. tie. Come on, man. I um, I kind of I kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of take it as like the oh, it's like Patch Adams or something, you know. Keeping it happy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I would have I would have just said you know I, why why weren't you knocked out is my question. Why were I if I were in that situation I would be under gas. I would not be awake. <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody laughing. I just want it to be done. <laughs> well, I was, I was given, it was actually minutes before the surgery where they asked me, okay, so we can give you general anesthesia or we can give you a local lidocaine. Right. And uh, from my wife's experience with her own medical issues, you can basically, uh, you can basically assume Local is always cheaper than general. Yep. Mm. And that's 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 going to be standard the world over. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter who you are. Local is going to be cheaper than general. So if right. you're ever in the position where you have to choose, you might have to ask, okay, are you willing to put up with a little bit of discomfort to save yourself some serious coin? Oh. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair nice. enough. Nice. Well, with that, man, um, we have one more question for you. Um, okay. 
what is one thing that you would like to do in your life um, before you die? Oh, man, the bucket list question. I've got a long, <laughs> long <laughs> list of places that's not written down. Um, <laughs> no, what it ends up being, like, uh, the first time I heard the idea of a bucket list, it seemed like the sort of just a natural thing that every travel blogger would have to have. Um, and some do. They, they publish their bucket list, and it's a, a well-known thing on their site. I haven't really written it out, honestly. Um, on one level, I'd like to do an epic tour of the U.S. I'd love to see the country that I never really saw. Mm. Ah, okay. um, I, dare, I dare say I, ha- I know Korea better than 95% of Koreans. Huh. And I've, I've met Koreans that have traveled more of the U.S. than I have. Um, Interesting. So on one level, take six months or nine months, maybe a year, and just do like an epic road trip around uh, the weird places of the U.S., um, uh, getting to see some of the, the oddball places. Maybe I don't see Antarctica ever actually happening, but yeah. uh, it would be an interesting place to visit if the opportunity mm. were to arise. Um, but uh, yeah, there's it's the, the weird thing about travel blogging is that you, the more you travel, the more your eyes are open to places to go. Yeah, exactly. You'll you, go you don't to like take places place. off the list, they just get more added all the time. Yeah, exactly. So you, you'll go to one place and then you'll hear about two more. It's yeah, like yeah. a hydra. Uh, you just yeah. can't stop. <laughs> you never really get to the end. You know? yeah. so, you, so you either end up stopping traveling because you're physically unable to travel or you run out of money or you die. If that's your personality, you travel as long as you're able. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, well, that's definitely. a great answer. I, I, I relate to that also. I'd like to see more of the states also at some point. The, Me? You know, being up abroad, um, I've been traveling abroad, but I haven't really, I've traveled from the U.S., but not for like any extended period. You know, so that would be a cool experience. Yeah. Some, yeah. Maybe buy an RV and kind of drive around the country with a couple of friends or something. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. yeah. I'd love to do that too. I haven't done yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we should do it, man. I know. We'll new... Get an RV yeah, and we... drive around the country. Hey, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's come, the that's a, and you can sell the RV at the end. Fund ab, it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. After, mm. Well, the, the other thing, the other thing to consider is, is that obviously the more people you can get on the trip, the more the, the cheaper it ends up being per person. Yeah, that too. And and, and doing the RV thing is awesome. Uh, I guess there's got to be a, a, a difference between like the epic road trip you take after you finish high school before you start college, like that three month period. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a huge difference between that kind of road trip and the one you take in your 30s. Right, I, right. I, I, it's, uh-huh. it's hard to explain exactly. I, I guess it, it's less it's less alcohol-fueled, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more about the destination and also somewhat about the journey. Right. Um, it's a, introspective uh, you know. a little bit, I'm sure. It's, it uh, can be, yeah. You know. Yeah, it I, can be. Well, that... Yeah, I, definitely. Well, Sweet, man. Well, people can find more from you absolutely. at com. You've also got on your website, people can find links to, uh, and we'll also post links on our, the post for this episode to your books. Um, and uh, you have an upcoming book. That, uh, what's the one you have coming up? Uh, the one upcoming, it's currently rough titled Offbeat Thailand, A One Weird Globe Guide. And okay. basically, um, I've spent a year and a half plus in Thailand now. I'll be here for another seven months or so. 
And uh, the gist of this book is to highlight the weird, the offbeat, the bizarre places around Thailand. Uh, it's mm. going to be like, like a Lonely Planet guidebook, but just about the, the offbeat places. Gotcha. Sweet. And that's, I'm, I'm working on it right now. It's set to come out mid-2015. Mm-hmm. If you go to the book's page, you can actually, there's a, there's a little email box there. And what you can do, you can type in your email and I will send you an email when it comes out, and I'll give you a discount just for signing up. Uh, okay. All right. Excellent. We'll link up to that one also. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yes, thank thanks you, Chris. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. It's been right. a pleasure. Well, um, again, you can catch Mr. Chris online at oneweirdglobe.com. And you can check us out online at wtepodcast.com. And don't forget to try your free trial at audibletrial.com slash wtepodcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.